You're listening to Pokes Podcast, where we discuss experiences, share opportunities, and highlight information updates relevant to the student body. Your host is me, the ASUW Director of Marketing, working in collaboration with leaders on campus and the broader community. We bring you relevant stories you can learn from every single day. Welcome back to the Pokes Podcast, hosted by the ASUW Director of Marketing. Today, I'm joined with ASUW President Hunter Swilling and ASUW Chief of Staff Hazel Homer Wambeam. Hello, 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 Pokes. Happy to be here. Hi. So today, we're hosting our first episode of the year, and we just wanted to invite everyone back to campus, say we're so excited to have everyone back, how excited we are to having in-person classes again. Finally. So what are you guys look most looking forward to this semester? Well, for me, I was an online student for about a year and a half. So just coming back to in-person classes, just the little things like walking around on campus, seeing my friends that I haven't seen in a while, that's probably what I'm most excited about. What am I most excited about? What a loaded question. I think being back into an actual lab, so getting to do real chemistry, real biology, and actually look at like studying microbiology and some of those bacteria, instead of looking at pictures, will be really nice because online science labs just really do not work. Is there anything in particular that stands out as your favorite part of campus and being back in person really is going to, you're going to really enjoy that? Hmm, a difficult question. I should say half acre because I need to work out a lot more, but (laughs) that would be a lie and I cannot tell a lie. More accurately, I would say that just being able to like sort of develop connections to professors more closely is something I'm looking forward to. And also doing some of my research on lot, going back in person to some of my labs and doing some in-person research. I work on a neuroscience lab with Dr. Lee and I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I would say, I, so I'm a musical theater performance major. So just not being able to actually perform on stage in front of audiences has been something that's really hard for me just because everything has been online. Um, it's been filmed recordings that are streamed out to, to our audiences, so I never got that feeling of being on stage and having an audience. So I'm really excited to start getting back to that. That's exciting. You both seem to have great plans for the semester and looking forward to a lot. For the semester, what's gonna determine it to be a successful semester for you guys in terms of ASU dub or even personally? Also a difficult question. I would say I have to successfully balance a lot of my priorities. Obviously, I work here in ACW. I also work in my lab, and I'm taking about 16 or 17 credits for the semester. So keeping, you know, pretty high grades while also trying to balance those two jobs is going to be the key to my successful semester. And of course, it would be ideal to maintain involvement in the student org that I help run and then also have something resembling a social life with my friends. So balance is the name of the game. That's all you do, Hunter? That's Really? That's it? Hazel, you have no room to talk. <laughs> um, I think some of the, something that's going to be kind of difficult for me, and I feel like a lot of students can relate to this, is having some of my classes in person and some of them online. Um, I'm just a little worried that some of the online classes are going to get pushed aside and honestly forgotten about now that I have in-person classes again. And so I think the key to a successful semester will be giving the same amount of attention to both in-person and online classes. How important do you guys think that having an in-person experience is to school and to the students in general? Everyone's different, right? So some people, like non-traditional students maybe, have completely online classes and that works really well for them. They're able to balance like being a parent, having a full-time job, and also get their degree. So that flexibility is awesome. But for a lot of students, perhaps like especially the undergrad students here on campus, it's really, really important that we have on um, in-person experiences. College is such 
an important time in your life. You make so many friends, have so many connections, get so many new experiences that not having it in person was probably detrimental to some people's education. And a lot of people, of course, just don't learn well online. So I would like to see ideally a strong in-person component from UW. Anyone who wants to be in person should be able to have that option, um, especially making sure it's a safe in-person experience. But we should also have the flexibility to let people do it online. Yeah, I would say that especially for our incoming freshmen and that class of freshmen last year that's now sophomores, that you can really see that not having an in-person experience can be really detrimental to student mental health, physical well-being, and just sort of not giving them that college experience that we all want of living in the dorms, of going to Washakie, of walking around on campus, of seeing people and making new friends. Um, And it kind of stunted a lot of people's just growth as an adult, I feel like. So having that in-person experience is is crucial to succeeding in college. Do you guys have any advice for the freshmen or even the sophomores coming to campus for the first time? Ah, that's difficult. There's a lot of advice you could give, right? But I think the most important thing I would say is seek experiences, really get involved on campus. We have over 300 student organizations. There's a Defense Against the Dark Arts Club. There's so many opportunities on this campus to find your niche. There's research, there's student government, there's advocacy work for like social justice movements, if that's something that you find is your niche. So many things, and everyone has the ability to contribute deeply in some way. That's what makes UW such a great place, the vibrancy and energy of the students and the community, and everyone has a place in our community. That's something we really have to emphasize. Yeah, kind of going off of Hunter's point, I know a lot of students come to me and say, hey, there's nothing to do on campus, I'm so bored. And I always find that really funny because there's really too much to do on campus, and I often am overwhelmed by the amount of opportunities. And, you know, at ASUW, we're trying to make those opportunities more available for students. So moving forward, what plans do we have for ASUW and how do we plan to achieve these? ASUW is always a pretty busy part of the campus, in my opinion. There's a lot of plans that we have that we want to try to do to make sure that the students have the best possible experience while here in our wonderful community. So one of the key things that we're working on right now is creating a new WIO courses page called the Central Hub or something like that. The working title is still just that, a working title. But basically, it'll be a place automatically added to every single student's WIO courses page, just like it would be for one of your classes. And it is a place where you can get all of the information you need about how to be an involved and active member of the UW community. There will be like student orgs who are hosting events and you can see a list of all the events that are happening like for the next week or two. And then you can go to those events, a really cool opportunity there. There's also going to be additional aspects like important news about UW. For example, UW is restructuring our colleges. So there will no longer be a college of arts and science. It will instead be split into three. The college of engineering will take physical sciences. The college of agriculture will take life sciences. And the remaining, what used to be the College of Arts and Sciences, will be renamed the College of Social Sciences, Arts, and Humanities. So that's like a really big thing that we have to solicit student feedback on. And it would be nice to get an area where students can be directly connected to that sort of important information. And of course, you would also learn about your fees, tuition increases, all of that sort of not fun stuff, but very important stuff for students to know so that they are able to understand what's coming down the radar and be connected members of our community.
We're hoping to launch that in the next few weeks. We also have a lot of other initiatives, for example, creating a new endowment that would generate some money to help support food insecurity here on this campus. There's a new UW food share pantry that ASUW and the Dean of Students Office, along with a whole bunch of other people on campus, were able to establish last year, and it is now fully in session. So any students who are in need of some extra food or maybe don't know where the next meal is coming from can freely access that resource. It's completely anonymous, and there is no way, shape, or form, any cost associated with it. It is completely free to students. That's in the Knight Hall, actually, so you can easily reach out. If you have questions with that, just ask the Dean of Students Office. We are working to make that um, endowment so that we can permanently support that kind of resource here on our campus. Then, of course, we're also working with President Seidel to get some um, sort of input on how best to structure the university. Uh, we talked about our structuring earlier, but making sure that we actually have an active student input is something that'll be really important for that process. How do the platforms that you ran on in the election, the ACT, Advocacy, Community, and Transparency, play into all of these plans and initiatives you plan to go with? Yeah, of course. So Coulter and I, um, Coulter is our running, our, my running mate, ASUW's vice president, had so many plans when we ran for office. We actually filled 23 pages worth of them. So I'll try to keep my remarks somewhat brief because obviously we can't get to all of those in this time period. But I would just say that we are actively involved in each and every area of our platform. So advocacy, not only are we advocating for all students really powerfully, in my opinion, by making sure that their voices are heard, not only sort of at the lower levels, but even at the highest levels. Like we talk with President Seidel, we talk with Provost Carmen, and I speak on every single board of trustee meeting and really represent student opinion. And I do my best to actively make sure that that opinion is heard. And I think we've actually been able to get some really good changes enacted based on that. So I'm really proud of that. And then also, of course, we have to advocate for some marginalized and underrepresented communities on our campus. So we're working with our new Director of Finance and Student Organizations, Nicole Reyes-Aguilar, in addition to like Multicultural Affairs and our United Multicultural Council to beef up some of the diversity, equity, inclusion related student organizations and also student organizations in general, which have been really hit hard by the pandemic. So that sort of crosses the line into advocacy and community. For community, we're also working really hard to make sure that the UW community is thriving again, that we can have a safe place on campus for people to connect, um, engage in events and everything Everything like that. So football is coming back. That'll be really exciting for the community. That's always a huge bonding event. And of course, um, we're giving away $140,000 as we do every year to student organizations so that they can host events. All of the campus will basically be invited to those. So anyone who wants to come, you are more than welcome. Um, keep an eye out for those events. They'll hopefully be coming relatively soon into the semester. And then obviously transparency, we're working pretty closely with the Division of Financial Aid and Administration to make sure that the tuition increases and the student fee increases are really clearly explained to students that we get their opinion on whether or not there even should be tuition or student fee increases and how that money is being spent. So student have, students have access to that information. And we're trying also to make sure that not just that decisions are clearly transparent to students, but that students have an active role in making those decisions, right? So for example, the Vice President for Economic Research and Development recently resigned, and we now have a student who's not even affiliated with ASUW serving on that committee. I was able to advocate for that, and we got one. So pretty happy that we are able to at least get some student input on some of those important decision-making processes. Sounds like you guys have quite the busy semester ahead of you then. Yeah, I would say it's going to be a lot, but I am ready to tackle it with gusto. So moving on, one of the biggest pieces of news coming out of the university in recent weeks is the new fall plan with mask mandates for the first month of classes and COVID protocol and everything like that. 
Can you exactly describe what this plan is right now for fall 2021? Yeah, so we actually just found out the details of the fall plan a little bit ago earlier this week. There is a mask mandate on campus that will extend at least until September 20th. That mask mandate basically says that if you are unable to social distance, you must wear a mask while on campus with a few exemptions. So events that are publicly open um, and available to the public, like football games, basketball games, some of the performing arts things like a theater performance or a dance performance, you do not have to wear a mask. But if you are a student, like in a class, that is where you would have to wear a mask and you can't socially distance. And that's to protect everyone from COVID-19. The Delta variant, which is now by far the dominant strain in America, constituting about 99% of cases, is extremely dangerous. Not only is it five times more likely to infect children and young adults and actually put them in the hospital, um, which that data actually came out about two days ago. So that's really scary. It's five times more likely to put young people in the hospital than previous strains. It's also about two to three times more infectious with about 1,000 times the concentration of viral particles in the nose and throat. So that mask mandate is really just the administration trying to keep us all safe. And I think they did the right call there. No one likes wearing a mask at all. They're really uncomfortable. Yeah, not a fan. But, you know, we've got to do what we can to protect ourselves and our community. So I also do not like wearing a mask. I don't think anyone does. It is slightly uncomfortable, but it is really about protecting ourselves, our peers. Um, I know that and our faculty and our staff. Um, I know that people um, are, are worried about taking COVID home to their family members and, and spreading it to their friends and people that they love. And I would like to offer, I know that a lot of students have conflicting opinions when it comes to mask wearing. And some would say that, you know, we should only wear masks if you choose to wear a mask, that it should be a choice, which of course is debatable. But I would like to offer that masks do provide some protection to the wearer, but they primarily act as a barrier to help the wearer prevent infectious respiratory droplets from reaching others. So this means that for a student, staff member, or faculty member to be protected from the spread of COVID-19, and especially the Delta variant, masks must not only be worn by the individual, but also by those occupying the space with them, which I think it kind of shows why we will need to implement this face mask um, mandate in the classroom and on campus to make sure that everyone is staying um, safe and, and being able to come to class without fearing for their own safety. Yeah, it's like if someone's peeing, right? Um, <laughs> if you're wearing pants, you still get pee on yourself, but if they're wearing pants, you're totally protected. And if you're both wearing pants, well, then that's the best case scenario, right? So kind of a gross <laughs> analogy, but you know, it's the truth. don't get peed on people. That's all I can say. So Hazel, you mentioned how some students might be a little upset about this. What do you think the general consensus of, uh, of the student population is about this new fall plan? I would say that a large portion of students do not want to wear masks. Like I said, I'm a big advocate for mask wearing, and I also would not like to wear a mask. That's that's the preferred option. So I think if we were to pull students, there'd be a, you know a pretty large amount that would not like to wear masks. But again, I do feel like this is more of an issue of um, public safety um, than it is necessarily political views or opinions. I would also like to offer that I think that even if we are split on whether or not we want to be wearing a mask, mask or not, everybody can agree that we want to be in person. And so for us to stay in person and not, not end up with an outbreak that will result in us having to move back online the best course of action is a mask mandate. Um, and I know that I, I think a lot of students could agree that 
we would prefer to have a mask mandate and stay in person than have to do school online again. You kind of mentioned the implications of not wearing masks and how that could lead to online. Is there any other implications you think could be caused by not having a mask mandate? I would say that a lot of our faculty and staff wouldn't feel safe. I know that's a major concern for faculty and staff in particular. And if faculty and staff don't feel safe, then they might not be willing to teach in person or they might, you know, genuinely quit or something and we lose a lot of talented staff and faculty which would be terrible Um, a lot of our faculty and staff have children and children can't get vaccinated right so they don't have that choice they cannot make that choice and we have seen by that paper that i referenced earlier by dr goodman that covid delta in particular is five times more likely to hospitalize children hospital wards all across the country especially in the south are filling up dramatically um, pediatric wards in particular so We have to create a safe environment for people to teach if we want to have them teach well and for staff if we want to have the university run well because staff are so important to that effort. So that's one thing I think that they were really strongly in favor of a mask mandate, staff and faculty. I would also say that like a lot of students can't get vaccinated, right? So a lot of students have religious or philosophical objections or they are medically unable because of severe allergies in the past to previous vaccines or something to get vaccinated. This is a small number of students who fall into these clear ADA guidelines, but they do exist and they're extremely important that we have them be in a safe environment as well. So I think the mask mandate helps with that a lot. And I would like to reiterate one of Hunter's earlier points that while I know that as as students, we feel like we are young and fit and healthy and that COVID-19 will not affect us. Um, and this may be the case in certain cases, but I really would not like to see us to have outbreaks where students are falling ill. Um, first of all, this is also because, you know, then we have to quarantine and then we won't be able to continue our education in the classroom. If you are somebody in, in sports, then you won't be able to practice with your team. But then also this could lead to more serious complications. And I mean, I hate to say it, but death is always a possibility when diagnosed with COVID-19. And we really do not want to see any student deaths on our campus. What's the most important thing students can do to help prevent the spread of COVID on campus? Yeah, by far the most important thing you can do is get vaccinated. Getting vaccinated is number one, it's a safe and completely effective. 99% of people who are hospitalized with COVID are not vaccinated. Um, Over 4.8 billion, billion shots have been delivered over the world and there's just no side effects. The vaccine is safe and effective and the extremely small number of people who have side effects, the risks of getting COVID and having the side effects of COVID, which can include like long-term heart damage, long-term lung damage, and tons of other things, vastly, vastly outweigh vaccines. It's not even close. They're so much safer. So that would be number one by a million miles. Yeah, and along those lines with getting vaccinated, using kind of an analogy like Hunter used before, you know, if we think about we put on seatbelts in a car, and the reason you put on the seatbelt is not because if you put on a seatbelt, you are guaranteed not to get into a car accident. If you put on the seatbelt, if you do get into a car accident, there is a much higher chance that you will survive, that you won't be hospitalized, that you will not die from that car accident. And that is the same the same reasoning behind a vaccine, is that if you are to get a vaccine, get COVID, it is a much higher chance that you will be able to overcome that, that you will survive, that you will not have those health complications. 
yeah, the vaccines are really a, a miracle drug. I've had the opportunity to study them in my classes and they're so amazing. We should all take advantage of this free vaccine while, while we can, acknowledging that we're incredibly lucky to live where we can and have access to this technology. Is there any closing thoughts from either of you on the semester or COVID mandates or anything like that? I would just say I'm really, really excited to start school up again, especially in person. And I want to welcome everybody back to campus, especially um, first years and freshman students, and then even sophomore students who didn't quite get the year that they were, they really deserved of in-person school. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited for the semester. Yeah, I agree. Welcome back, folks. I really think this is going to be sort of a renaissance of this college and this university. So I'm really deeply looking forward to that and looking forward to representing you all as much as we can in the coming year. I'm hopeful that we'll get a lot done and I'm hopeful that this will be a great year for all of our students as we return back in person. I would also note that our door is always open. We're in the bottom level of the union. If you ever have any thoughts, concerns, um, want to know any information, please feel free to pay us a visit. We are always looking and happy to hear from our fellow students. Thank you for those wise and helpful words, Hunter and Hazel. And here's to a successful, safe, and welcoming semester. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of the Associated Students of the University of Wyoming. We are committed to serving our fellow students in the best manner possible through accurate representation, professional interactions with campus programs and organizations, and responsible, effective leadership. More information on our organization and how to reach us is available at the University of Wyoming ASUW website and our social medias at ASUW Student Gov. We love hearing from students, so please reach out.